Welcome to Fear the Walking Prequel, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for AMC's Fear the Walking Dead. I'm Michelle. And I'm Mike. And tonight we're podcasting Fear the Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 7, called Shiva. It aired on May 22nd. How is Shiva spelled? S-H-I-V-A. S-H-I-V-A. Shiva. Week-long mourning period in Judaism for first-degree relatives like father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, and spouse. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really that overwhelmed with this, this episode, were you? I mean, it was the finale, and I was, I think I may have overexpected. What about you? Well, the mid-season finale, yeah, I was just glad we made it through, I thought. You think they'll start doing quarter seasons soon? Uh, I hope not. I was really hoping they could take the last two episodes and tie them up with this episode. I tried not to be too difficult, too hard on the last two episodes. Yeah, it's almost like they made it more complicated instead of wrapping stuff up, right? Much more complicated. They created like like more stuff un- to to leave undone than fixing the stuff that we wanted to to move from being undone to done. Is that what you got out of it? Well, yeah, and also all the everything they've got going on. I mean, how how many plots can they have in one episode? And how many plots are we supposed to care about? When you've got the plot with Chris, and you got the pot, plot with Nick, and then you got Celia, and you got Strand, and then Abigail's gone, and then you got Luis back, and the zombies, and you got Jorge getting his eyeball cut out. There was you, you're just touching on the stuff. You're just you're just touching on a, just a, a the surface of of this iceberg, this undone iceberg that was very complicated. It's a big old hairball. I did think. That dream sequence where they started, I, I believed that. I kind of bought into that until, of course, they got outside and you knew that, you know, Ophelia was, you know, going to have some kind of issue when she looked up or something. It was... Yeah, she was sick. It was believable, wasn't it? Well, yeah, until she pulled her face off and then you think, well, maybe not. And then Daniel woke up and she wasn't over there. Can you imagine how scared you'd be if you, you well, had a dream about a, your child's face being peeled off and then you wake up and they were supposed to be sleeping beside you and they're gone. But Daniel has kind of lost his mind anyway in this episode and this is and and part of the last episode I don't I don't understand what they've done with Daniel anyway. But it was funny on Fear the Talking Dead they were talking about that scene with Ophelia and where she pulled her face off, and Daniel was there. Daniel was on the show, and one of the callers, somebody asked him a question about how did that make you feel to see that and everything, and he said the main thing I had to remember was this was a, it was supposed to be horror. It was supposed to be my daughter peeling her face off, and all I could think of was, wow, that is so cool how they did that. <laughs> I was trying to keep that off my face, that, that, uh, how impressed the I was. admiration for the makeup department? Right. They told her that she had one shot to get it because it took hours to get that fixed, that prosthesis on her face. And she had one shot to get it right. And if not, it would delay everything by hours. And she got it perfectly the first time. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. And he hmm. appreciated it. But he said that, that he really had to stop and tell himself, okay, this is my daughter peeling her face off. Give that look in place of, wow, that looks really cool, kind of paraphrasing, but, you know, it's kind of a neat. That's interesting. That's what the actors are thinking about, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, they they also, t- I mean, what what's up with Daniel? 
in this episode. I don't think we're going to go scene by scene in this. Let's look, let's just kind of talk about it because it's so convoluted and so... I thought they made Daniel look a little silly and out of character is what I thought. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but when he, when they, hey, he had that smiling, maniacal look a few times, it just didn't ring true to his character. And when he started going insane and then Cecilia was suggesting that he was going to the other side or going to die or, or she was going to take care of him. I mean, I didn't really... Were they going to kill him, I guess? Well, she but, said, you're dying. Can you feel it? Yeah, but he wasn't dying. I mean, not that we knew. No, maybe she's just in the sense that we're all dying. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I didn't get that. I didn't get it. And and I also didn't understand her, her uh, kindness toward Daniel. Did you... She brings him food and tries to feed him, and then she sends other people. I mean, she, they've got him tied up. And another thing, they won't let Ophelia see her father? Who is she to say you can't see your own father? She's got kind of like a Jim Jones thing going on there, you know? She's she's the, the queen of the queen bee, and she's got everybody just doing what they I can't really, with her you know, insanity about these, keeping these zombies and thinking that they're not dead people. They're just people who have crossed over to the next life. I can't, for the life of me, believe that the rest of those people would have blindly followed her into that. Because they could see these zombies, you know, biting other people and turning other people into zombies. And, and, I mean, you can't, I don't think you could fool that many people. But Herschel, what about Herschel? Herschel made me believe it. Herschel had compassion. I don't see any compassion in Cecilia. Oh, my gosh. That's all she is, is a big bundle of compassion. No, I just see insanity. I I, I saw compassion in Herschel and caring. I don't see any caring at all in Cecilia. Everything is contrived. It's Celia. Your aunt is Cecilia. No, my cousin is Cecilia. I'm sorry, your cousin. And she is pretty. Yes. Um, She's still insane, though. I mean, why does she attach herself to Nick? This is what I don't, I don't, one of the things I don't understand. Well, I mean, other than how she explained it, that she feels a connection toward Nick. Okay, it was kind of explained, I think, I think I heard it because I haven't read anything else. So it had to have been on Talking Dead where she was talking about how Celia obviously has a place in her heart for the black sheep of the family or for the ones that... Because remember how she talked about with Abigail, with Thomas, that his family ignored him. Do you remember that? Yeah, and she was his mother. Right, and so she was his Although mother. Although she wasn't his biological no. mother. She just assumed the role of mother. Right, because they ignored him. Well, then Nick was obviously the black sheep So of she that picked family. up on it. Right. Okay, that makes, that makes more sense. But that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. But if they had had time to play that into the role and we could have gotten that from the show yeah, everything was just kind of forced and you, yeah, you had to understand what now, right after the scene where Ophelia's pulling her face off and Daniel wakes up and into another nightmare the part where Travis spots Chris across the bean field or, or whatever that's a wine uh, wine field. grapes yeah. This a was, wine field? Did you just say that was a wine field? It's a field of that's wine. That's a wine field. That's where they grow, <laughs> they wine. grow wine. No, listen. Well, no though. wonder Travis wasn't afraid to go out there. <laughs> and no wonder Daniel went crazy. I did. I went with him. A wine field. This was actually filmed on a functioning winery. Wine f- in a functioning wine field. It was 
that this was a functioning winery and the the lighting and stuff that they used they had to keep toned down in this okay, episode. Okay, so that's where all the barrels and everything are coming from. So to not well, that was supposed to be in the cellar, in the wine cellar anyway. Right. But yeah, it was actually filmed in a functioning winery. Yeah, but who has barrels of wine in their wine cellar? Well, I mean, there you go. You got bottles. Only only Thomas Abigail. But um, they had to keep the lighting at a certain level and everything, so it wouldn't change the temperature of this aging wine. Wow. And all that kind of stuff. So that was a pretty interesting thing, too. But that was a challenge for the crew. The Fear the Talking Dead gave so much more information than we got from Fear the Walking Dead. And I, I don't want to have to watch a second show to be able to figure out the first show. I don't want that. I, would, I, I, I like getting some behind-the-scenes stuff and some of that kind of stuff. But I don't want the second show to have to explain things. Now, this winery thing was just like a cool little thing. But some of the other things, like how Celia, why she was kind of, you know, soft on Nick and wanted Nick's uh, approval and uh, No, I whatever. get that, what you said, yeah. how that worked out. I, I get that. Now, I didn't, I didn't understand that right, dynamic but, when well, it was happening. No, how, how would we know? How would we know that? Oh, so you picked that up on Fear of the Talking Dead. Yeah, so. yeah, they said it. I mean, I... Sure, I heard it there because, like I said, I don't listen to anything else in between the time that we watch it and the time that we podcast it. So, but that whole scene with Chris and Travis—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm sorry, I cut you off t- to tell that story where Travis runs no, across I, the I, grape I, field. The grape, the, the wine field. He—he he took off with no shoes. We found out later, and you know, Chris is—they've uh, kind of. They've turned him into kind of a, he's kind of a little nut job too, you know. They've, they've made his character kind of, kind of crazy, you know. He's and quickly crazy. Remember on the island, just you know, a few what weeks at most. And I don't think it was that long. Maybe a week ago when they're on the island with the people, and he goes out there and he's killing the zombies at the fence, and he feels like he has purpose and everything. And well, you saw even him like, back at the airplane. I mean, he was showing a lot of uh, leadership qualities. Right. I mean, after he ran off, of course, when Daniel told him to stay, and he said, okay, and he took off. Right. But he was uh, kind of coming into his own, and then they just... And doing the hard stuff, remember? We yeah, talked about it. They've turned him into this little uh, little psychopath or something, haven't they? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't. I don't understand at all what's supposed to be going on with Chris, where you would... He's only supposed to be like 15, I think. And why on earth you would... Cre- I mean, he's still got his father. And why on earth you would create this kind of controversy and and uh, feelings toward you? I, I don't understand it. I don't understand any of his motivation. Do you? No. Um, no, not, not a bit. And I, I want to understand it. And I want him to you know, attach it to, to something or or show, you know, show it to have some purpose in, a, in the greater storyline, but it doesn't. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not a lot of storyline that's developed. They don't take a lot of any of the scenes and develop a storyline No, well, there, there's certainly not a, uh, a, a main storyline. It's just a lot of different stories going in a lot of different directions and they keep 
introducing new things before they close up the old ones. Do you and just way too many new things at one time. Why Why did Chris suddenly want to kill Maddie? What sense does that make? Why did he want to hold a gun on his dad and hold a little boy hostage? And Yeah, yeah suddenly. All, all this yeah. stuff's happened within like a day. And take out a knife and really try to stab Travis. I mean, he was really trying to cut him. Yeah. I mean, how could you... Um, his father. Yeah. I don't know. But it was funny because on Fear the Talking Dead, Celia was talking to Travis and on the show. And she said, you were not hard enough on that boy. I agree with her. She, she said... Um, where I come from, back then, you pull a knife on your, I don't know if she said your mother or father or whatever, you get smacked about five times before we even ask you any questions about what you were thinking of or something. She said something like that. Isn't it funny to hear the actor who plays Travis with his uh, New Zealand accent? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. But I just, I, I can't figure out what they're doing. Except, and. Unless it was just their means to fracture this whole group. Because the whole group now is fractured. I mean, it's completely fractured. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Um... We've got Nick, who stayed behind. And we'll talk a, a little bit more about Nick. But Travis and Chris stayed behind. Now, what did you think about that? Because on Fear the Talking Dead, they ask a question about, should Travis have stayed with Chris? Or gone back to Maddie? What's your answer? Travis, in my view, should have gone back to Maddie. Yeah, that's it's absolutely zero question to me that he stays with his kid. That's a 15-year-old. You stay with your kid and you can't bring the kid back. Well, a crazy 15-year-old. It doesn't matter. That's your crazy 15-year-old. That's, that, that's what you have released on the world. So you would have stayed with Chris? If Chris were my kid, I would have stayed with Chris, and I would have done exactly what Travis did. I thought that was perfect. Okay. But it's kind of funny. I don't think that everybody feels the same way. I definitely don't. If it were your kid, you wouldn't stay with him? No, if it was my little kid who was having some kind of issue like that. You'd leave him out there? Yeah, he had gone crazy, and he was trying to kill me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would. my survival instinct would have kicked in because I wouldn't know what he would do when I was asleep. I mean... I wouldn't. I couldn't be around that behavior. I'd have to cut. I'd have to cut him loose. Well, most people actually agreed with me. It was like I think eighty something percent said yeah. you got to stay with your kid. And I mean, I just I completely agree with that. No matter what, you stay with your kid. It's your kid, and he couldn't take Chris back. And I think that was wise. Travis has been denying Chris's behavior up until literally thirty minutes before he found him. So this is all brand new behavior to him. Well, he, he didn't still kind of is going ahead and accepting that he's tried to kill me twice, so I'm just going to go ahead and wait until he does it again. Well, he didn't try to kill him twice. He didn't try to kill him with the gun. No, he threatened his life with the gun. Right. When you point a loaded firearm at somebody, you're threatening their life. And then he tried to slash him with the knife. I don't know. Well, you were in the majority, so you're, I mean... That's the way most people feel. So you you're on the right side of this. I'm on the wrong side, as according to the numbers. I just don't think you go back to Maddie. I don't think Maddie has anything to do with it. I don't think it has way. anything. No, I don't think it has anything to do with Maddie. And but I mean, what how do would you he do? go back to Maddie and Alicia, who Chris was having all that contention with for whatever reason? Let's talk about the the Chris thing for just a minute. How do you overlook it? Or how do you get past it? No, no, you don't it? overlook then, it. Okay. Then how do you get past it? You know, 
thankfully, I've never had any kind of situation like that in my life. So I really wouldn't know how to get past something like that. I do think in a situation where, you know, we're getting awful deep into stuff, but, you know, where there's zombies and stuff like that, and you have a kid that kind of loses their mind. Well, no, that's a good point. I think maybe you try to bring them around to this new way of being. For me, my rationalization is the world is so dangerous this new world is so dangerous that one of the people in my group who's trying to kill me, related or not, just can't survive in our group. They, they can't be included in our group anymore. And so Travis is pretty much doing part of that by separating, sequestering he and Chris from the entire group. Because he's trying to save Chris. He thinks he can. Um, and, you know, I, who knows what the writers will come up with. But... I mean, in, in reality, when if somebody goes off the deep end like that... In a zombie apocalypse, in, in that reality... In a zombie reality, apocalypse, I don't... Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't see there's a whole lot of room for coming back. I mean, the, the apocalypse ain't going away. No. So it's going to be dangerous every day. And now you're with somebody who's also... You know, because then you've got the marauding bands of people trying to kill each other, right? And now somebody in your group is now also trying to kill you. I'm sure it would be difficult. I'm sure it would it would be almost in unthinkable. But you can't you can't survive when everybody, including the people who are in your group, are trying to kill you. No, everybody's not. But if it's you and one of your children who who has survived, and you're in a group with say pick five neighbors, random neighbors. Mm-hmm. And your child loses it. And they haven't hurt anybody, but they've threatened people. If they swipe at you because you've tackled them in that situation. Well, again, and there's, I, I mean, we can keep going over it, but, I know, but he I'm was holding saying, a gun on him first, and he would have shot him. But it's you, one of your kids, and five random neighbors picked from around. And that's your group. Would you stay with the neighbors? Or would you go off with your kid? Well, let's just say it's not five random neighbors. Let's say... No, but that's what I'm asking you. It's the crate. Well, it doesn't apply here. Let, let's just switch it up and make it more real, or more realistic okay. description. Let's say it's uh, a couple of random neighbors and your wife and your daughter. Are they... No, that's not his daughter. Um, no, that's right. Okay, let, let's say it's... Um, and I don't think Maddie's his wife. Maddie's not Travis's wife? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think they're married. Man, that's complicated. I don't know. Yeah, this isn't like part of his family that he's protecting yeah. from somebody else. I mean, you're, you're making a good argument, but I just can't fight the zombies, the marauding bands of survivors, and my own son. I can't do it. So I, I wouldn't. Well, I think you're making it easier than it actually would be at the time. And I think the Probably. choice would be much more difficult and maybe even different. But I could be wrong. So Celia's pretty much kicked everybody out. She tells them that they have to the end of the day to get out of there once she finds Thomas dead. Right. But Strand wants to bury him. What was that all about, do you think? wonder why... Okay, now, we'll see if we agree on this or not. Strand did not kill Thomas. 
No, Thomas died, and then Strand made sure he wouldn't come back, and Celia couldn't put her in his in her collection. Right, but we kept hearing he killed my son. We kept hearing that the whole episode. He didn't kill Thomas. In he, her eyes, he, right. He did. That's that. That's correct. But in Strand's eyes, Strand knew what he did, and he didn't kill him. He laid there with him until he took his last breath. He didn't kill him. What kind of obligation would you feel? To bury him yourself. As far, I mean, you know, you 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 love him. It's your partner, or whatever. To dig his grave when somebody's going to throw you out at sundown, where your chances of survival are going to be greatly diminished in the dark. How long would you hang out during the day when there's all sorts of people to help dig the grave or dig the grave or whatever? Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, he's dead. Right. He he doesn't have to stay back and. And do the dramatic, honorable thing. I mean, if you're... Well, I think it's an honorable thing. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do the honorable thing. And you shouldn't want to bury your own. And I think Daniel even brought that up at some point about with uh, Griselda. You know, she was talking about, why didn't you come back for me or whatever. But I just... I don't know how long I would have stayed there, you know? No, I, I, I completely And then agree. Maddie goes up to him at one point, and he's digging, and he's sweating, and he's in a hurry, and he's trying to do all this, and she's like, yeah, I want to talk to you about Nick. What do you think about Nick? And he's like, woman, I'm busy, you know? And he's like, I'm not his father. Remember that? I'm not that boy's daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember. So... You're out there and you're doing all that, and somebody's going to come up to you and start talking to you about something else. I don't know. I just thought that was, can we cut Strand just this much slack, just a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I see your point. Uh, but, again, I wouldn't be worried about burying uh, Thomas. Like you said, there's plenty of people there to do that. I'd be worrying about survival. Right. Well, they all came out, you know, when it was time to bury him and stood around for Celia to say her words over him and stuff like that. After Stranded dug the hole. Right. I don't know. I just thought that was kind kind of weird. And then Ophelia wants to see her dad that they've drug off. But now... Well, that's believable. Daniel did. Yeah, but they wouldn't let her. Right. Well, that's because Celia's got her, uh, you know, her disciples doing her bidding. And, you know, she's the... She's the queen bee, so whatever she says goes. And I don't know why they wouldn't let her see him, but that whole thing was was really weird. What they what they did to Daniel's character. Well, Daniel's character. Okay, let's let's just talk about this a minute. Daniel's character was completely out of character for who he was. Nick's character. He kind of. I mean, not Nick. Not Nick. Chris's character. He lost yeah. his mind in this as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then Nick. Nick, you know, so Nick says that he's going to smooth things over with Celia. And he does. So Nick just, you know, he just goes out, coats himself down in zombie. Kills a zombie, and and he's found the secret to... Oh, but come on. He likes it out there. Look, this was comical. This was comical. Nick goes out. We assume slaughters a zombie, coats himself down in the blood, and comes walking back in with Luis. Just like Luis was right outside the door, right? He just went and found Luis, and it was in no time. That was like that was like five minutes. Yeah, that was a little unbelievable. I'll grant you. 
I mean, it was just like, just nothing. I'm doing my best to find positive stuff to say about this stuff. Because it wasn't the best episode. No, but I mean, come on. Come on. Where was Luis? Hanging out outside the gate? He was hanging out down the corner with the other zombies. And, of course, you know, the zombie whisperer, Nick, just works through them. And it was so funny. We see Nick there. And then Nick's gone. And then Nick's walking back in with Luis. Now, tell me about this detergent he's using to get these blood stains out of his white shirt. I don't know, but I need some of that. His t-shirts are whiter than white. And that was after he had smeared... Zombie guts. Yep. Like deep, dark blood all over your white t-shirt. But Celia's really happy to have Luis back. Yeah, well, it's because in her insanity, she believes that Luis is still alive. Well, but so does Nick. Nick says the same thing. They're not dead. And then his mom goes, well, infected. And he goes, well, they're not infected. And she's like, we're not going to argue the word, whatever. I, I don't know. But this is where he's like, okay, Celia, I brought back your kid. Can we stay? Kind of. And Celia has this conversation with him that the family can stay. But Strand is not staying. No, Strand is persona non grata. He has got to go. And then, of course, we've got Alicia, who we didn't see a whole lot of her this episode. But Alicia, defender of those that are done wrong, who is like, goes to Maddie. How can you leave and leave? Let or how how can we stay and let Strand be kicked out? Yeah, and then she's there when they throw him out, waving. Yeah, at waving to him. That's pretty bad. But that whole conversation that Nick was having with Maddie when he was taking the shower, I think we're supposed to get something out of that, but I didn't get anything out of it. What about you? How he faced the zombie. And, I didn't get anything out of that. And he knew that he wasn't going to die and how he can move among them invisible and that whole thing. No. Well, and and he drew a comparison between Celia, who wanted her son back, and his mom, Maddie, who he is insinuating didn't want her son back but anyway this whole time travis has gone out with chris and maddie's waiting on him to come back before they leave but they're wanting to leave before dark but then nick gets uh, celia to allow the family to stay and they don't want to stay still because they're like terrified of the place but she don't want to leave without travis well yeah now the they're just I mean, they're not. None of them are comfortable there. No. But Nick secures their um, their place there, but Strand still while. has to go. Right. But here, Nick, he's just washed himself up, and he goes and bloodies himself up again. He goes, "I'll go get Travis. No worries." And he took and he off heads, out there. Yeah. Off. And then he gets out there with him, and Travis he finds him needle in a haystack, right or no? Yeah. Yep. He's using the same tracking dog that Travis used to find Chris. And Travis says, pretend like you didn't find us. Pretend like you didn't see us. Yep. And, yeah, and so he gives him the knife and heads on back. Because i got to stay with... Uh, My crazy son. i got to stay with Chris. Okay, so what was going on with Daniel seeing Griselda? I didn't get any of that. Uh, he wasn't near death when he started that foolishness. Mm-mm. And... Why he would suddenly start seeing her just out of the blue, and he had these weird looks on his face. They really, um, 
he was a totally different Daniel in this episode than any others that that I could tell. Well, right before they grabbed him and took him away, he was telling Strand not to bury Thomas there because it's unholy ground. And what did that mean? What did he mean? Uh, He was insinuating that Thomas was going to come back if he buried in that ground, right? I thought he did, but I, back how? I, I don't know. It was this was a real. Celia was not counting on Thomas coming back. <laughs> this whole thing was a little nonsensical. I couldn't make much sense out of. And, what and was, I was trying. What was Griselda saying to him about? I waited for you and you didn't come. And he was saying I looked for you or something. I looked and I looked for you. What What was he talking about? Um, she said, "I'm still waiting." Yeah. So, which means she hasn't been buried yet. I, I took that to mean she hasn't been buried yet. Yeah, but, I mean, he'd have to not just light this place on fire. He'd have to somehow make it back to, um, they were in San Diego, right? He'd have to somehow make it back to San Diego and yeah, to try find, to find her, her body and bury And it. bury her. Yeah, that's another, you know, just a mountain of ridiculousness. And for him to light himself on fire is out of character as much as he cares about his daughter and wants to protect her. No way that this guy would off himself. I am not Unless buying that. Unless he's completely just out of his gore. Yeah, but you know? then there's something in the water going around. Well, Chris drank a gallon it. of it, and so did Daniel. Maybe they both went it. nuts. And and maybe Nick, and maybe that's it. Maybe that has something to do with this thing that Daniel was saying. He didn't want to be there. They swallowed seawater? Is that what you're saying? Bad stuff there. He called it unholy ground. Uh, Maybe. Something that was affecting them all. That's a good point. But, you know, the the script's not that smart lately, so I don't think that they're going to make that connection. Well, we certainly didn't get enough information to come to that conclusion, but... I mean, maybe it was something to do with that because that is where everybody kind of lost their mind. Did they talk about once it? Once they on got Talking there, Dead? no, not about that specifically. That I yeah, heard. I don't think that was something that they. I mean, we're just touching on it. I don't think that's an intentional um, plot line in any way. Do you? Who knows? I mean, I wouldn't begin to try to guess where they're going with this. Would you? Uh, no. So Maddie goes to Cecilia, and she's kind of pleading with her to let Victor stay, that Victor saved her and her family's life and all that. Cecilia, just she, she's not hearing it. And she says that if they stay there, Maddie's going to have to come around and see what her son can see, Nick, come around to her way of thinking, their way of thinking, that these people are not dead. It's just the next step. And Maddie goes, oh, I want to see, I want to know Show me, kind Cecilia, or show me, kind Celia. And so she takes her down to the wine cellar where all the zombies are. And what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, the same thing I thought about the whole... She walked in and Maddie yeah, backed it, out and left her. Which is further illustrates her insanity. Who's insanity? Celia's. I mean, she's not going to... Well, she wouldn't have survived the whole time if she were that lackadaisical yeah, with I, her that's what I'm trying mortality. To say. That's exactly what I mean. Exactly. If she were that um, that naive to think that she could walk that far into that thing and Maddie not be able to close the door on her. I'd, I'd have my mind on who was standing next to that door 
if I were two feet inside that door. Well, there wasn't any point in going in that door at all. No, why, I know. Why did, why did she? I mean, what was the premise? No idea. I don't know either. No idea. But the character who played Celia was on The Talking Dead, Fear the Talking Dead, and she said that she had never watched zombie shows, but her father did. I think she said it was her father. He was really into him, and she got cast in this part. And so she called her dad up, and she goes, Hey, I'm going to be on the show. It's called... And her dad freaked out, just completely freaked out. He just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I hope it was her dad. That's what that's what I'm thinking. And so when she went to Mexico to film this, I think she said it was Mexico, she said that she spent the time down there binge-watching seven seasons of The Walking Dead. And oh, wow. she said she really tried to get to become this person that they were portraying. And she said she completely gets it now, how you can get sucked into these zombie shows, which is a thing that she had never had any interest in. Well, we before. always, I mean, from the beginning, we enjoyed The Walking oh, Dead. Oh, The Walking Dead, we like, uh, what, even the silly ones, I Zombie, Dawn of the Dead, um, what, what are the, the all, all those George... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you're talking about Romero, but there was this one, Z Nation. Z Nation's hilarious. That was so bad, it was it's, good. Oh, it's so bad. It is so bad, and you can't look away. Uh-uh. It is really good. But we just like that kind of stuff. Of course, you know, we we don't mind sci-fi stuff a little bit either. So, But she locks her in there. Now, what do you think about Maddie doing that? I thought this was the best part of this entire episode. This was the best move anybody could she would have one survivor with this move. This was this was a perfect move. Lock her insane butt up with all those zombies that she's trying to keep. She was saying she would do anything for her children. Maddie would. That was like, you know, that's been her saying from the get-go. Don't come between me and Nick. That's what she was essentially telling Celia anyway. One of the questions on Fear the Talking Dead was, was it Mama Maddie or Murderer Maddie? Mama Bear or Murder Bear? I think that's what they called it, where Maddie locked her in there. What do you think more of the people said? Mama Maddie. Yeah, Mama Bear. Oh, yeah. That, that That's what they said. They're like... You know, when you're talking about protecting your children, that's that's what she was doing. Yeah. And to be honest with you, she was protecting the whole tribe. If you look at the the, the congregation there or the or the community as a tribe. Yeah, but those people were staunchly behind Celia. They were, but she was cutting the head off the snake. In Maybe. my view, I, I I think that's exactly what she was doing. But her her main goal was to save her son. And then we see how that turns out. I I still thought it was startling that she did that and walked out. So it's night time, and they've put Strand outside the gate, and he's trying to be all yep. brave. I'll just catch taxi. Don't worry about me. Yeah, Strand had to do the walk of shame. And then this is where Daniel takes that fuel, and he just catches the whole place on fire. And it, you're right. The The people in that cell started out as... Most of them, anyway, are zombies, right? Yeah, it looked, they looked like zombies, and as they were coming Toward closer, him. they were turning back into people, and I think they were supposed to represent people who he had killed. Yeah, I think so, too, because they asked him a question in here, how many people, and his answer was too many. 
Yeah. And we kept going back to that those men washing up in the river, which was the story that we heard back in the, I think it was season one. Yeah, it was episodes ago. Yeah. Somebody gave him a gun. What kind of gun did you say? It was a forty five. It was a Colt 911-45. And he's a little kid, and he had to kill this man who was reaching out for him, asking for help. And this is where Griselda said to him, uh, Ghost Griselda, apparition, whatever she was, imaginary Griselda said, you were the first victim. Because she was trying to say, remember your first victim. And that's who he remembered because he was just a little boy. Right, the first guy he ever shot. And um, I think... Now, I I thought that was a pretty meaningful thing. Because that's true, right? If somebody puts a gun into a little child's hands and has them do something like that, that is the first victim, don't you think? Yes. Like I, your I your agree. your humanity... Right there. Well, Nick comes back and he sees the whole place going up in flames. Daniel's inside. Ophelia's going crazy. Strand's there in the truck trying to get them all. Yeah, now, what did they, what, did they just put a truck outside so that Strand could, uh, I thought they were trying no, to. remember the truck that they pulled, no, they didn't pull up in a truck, did they? Or did they? They did pull up in a truck. Inside the gate, they pulled up in a truck, but this truck was outside the gate. Set of keys and full tank of gas, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Strand where the takes off, and, and, you know, after he rejects Maddie there while he's digging the hole, that he's not, they're not really friends. They just had a convenient relationship. He actually pulls up and... Why do you think he said that to her? I think he doesn't want to get close to anybody else. I don't, I don't think he wants any new friends. I think he feels a connection with Nick. I think he'd probably take Nick anywhere, but I don't think he wants any new friends. I've got a prediction. Strand's going to marry Maddie? I don't know if they'll marry, but i got a feeling we're going to see something play out between Strand and you Maddie. better not. Travis will kick his Maybe ass. right before Travis comes back. Oh, then we'll be doing the Rick. Uh, oh, Shane. Shane. Shane yeah. and Lori. I thought you were talking about the girl he was no, with no, that'll recently. Be, that'll be the Rick and Shane dynamic. Travis is gone, and then yeah, the week we, we can't even come close. Well, they're trying. I know, but they're trying to mimic it all the time. You know, Herschel, Celia. It's just. Uh, it does almost feel like that, doesn't yeah. it? Nick and doesn't it? And Rick, you know, Nick, Nick. Wait a minute, Nick, Rick. Wait a minute. Wait, you might be on to something. Uh, covered zombie blood. Remember, Rick was the first one to pull that number, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Well, all of them, I think, at the beginning, but yeah. But Nick comes back up, and everything's going up in flames, and Strand's grabbing everybody, and Nick asks for Celia. This woman he's known now for a day, two? Yeah, weak plot. He asks for Celia. Where's Celia? They're known to do that in the show, but that would drive me crazy. If I come up to you and I say, where's somebody? Don't go, come on, we have to go. Answer me. Well, they walked up. They're they're walking real slow. You got zombies on one side. You got towns, jokers to the left. The, the townspeople coming up on the other side, and and Strand is like, we got to go. And they're walking really slow, having a real casual conversation. I mean, that's just that just did not ring true at all. And then of course Nick wouldn't go. I mean, where is he going to go? I know he feels safe out there, but I mean, he, you know, the, the, now that the place is burned down, he doesn't get any more Pozzoli. 
I mean, there's no place for him to eat. No, and there's not just about feeling safe, you know. I mean, I understand that. But there's also being around people that you love. What's the point if you're not around other people? I don't think that Nick feels fully cared for by his mother. I think Nick has a problem with Maddie. I think Nick still feels uh, shunned to some degree by Maddie or or looked down upon by Maddie, or um, I think he's he's just doesn't uh, he, he's um, harboring some resentment towards towards his mom. But they're all screaming, "We have to get back to the boat. We have to get back to the." But then Nick goes through this whole thing, and he's talking to her, and he's like, "Celia was right. We just destroy everything." But it was pretty bad that they burned down this, you know, probably century old. Winery, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we know they didn't really burn it. Down. No, no, but they've been there for you know forty-eight hours and yeah, it's lived, it's, it's, it's survived and survived and survived. Of course, we are in the you know beginning stages of a zombie apocalypse, so I'm they sure just drove by that. Nick. Did you notice that? I mean, after Nick and Maddie parted, Nick was walking the other way, and they just kind of drove by him. And 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 I mean, this is where you know you and I had that big long discussion about. What Travis Chris. would do for for his son Chris, and and his uh, devotion and dedication and sacrificial uh, behavior towards Chris, and now Maddie has this real short conversation with Nick, and Strand comes and gets her, puts her in truck, and they drive by within arm's reach, and she just kind of looks out the window, kind of sad. This is this is where I couldn't leave. My my son, this is this is where I could because he's not tried to to kill me, he's just. Well, what do you do? He's hurt. You jump out there and you get him and you throw his little scrawny ass in the back of the truck. You can't do that. She can't do that. Strand's not going to do it. It's not his. He's not the boy's daddy. He's already yeah, said but that. She's not even like thinking about doing it. She's just looking out the window. No, she wouldn't have gotten in the truck. I don't know if you remember or not. Yeah, but Strand she's got out of the, in truck. the truck. I know, but out. Strand got out of the truck and literally drug her into the truck. And I would have told Strand, if you're going to drag me in the truck, you're going to go out there and drag him in the truck. Yeah, I would have fought a little harder to get Nick in the truck. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But, I mean, you're not going to be able to keep Nick there. You know, if Nick doesn't want to be there, you're not going to be able to keep him there. But I just don't understand, and this is the end of the show. They drive past, and that's the end of it. I don't understand the fracture. Now you've got Travis and Chris somewhere, and Maddie doesn't know that Travis is staying out there because Chris has completely lost it, even with his dad. I think that they think that this is making for a more suspenseful and interesting story, and it's not. No, it's way too much. I mean, Over the way top. too much. Way, way too much. And you've got Daniel, who they said on Fear the Talking Dead, we didn't, no, they didn't say anything, but they said we did not see Daniel die. So what does that mean? I mean, is Daniel going to show back up? Somewhere. Daniel's going to pull a Glenn. They're going to come not. back next. Uh, they're going to come back next season, and Daniel's going to crawl out from under a dumpster, and everything's going to be okay. And then we got Nick now. So now the only people that we have together are Maddie, Strand, Alicia, and Ophelia, right? So I had a question for you. This show's coming back 
in August, right? August 21st. Are you coming back in August? Me thinks no. No. What if we watch it and we like it? If we like the first episode, we will. We could do it like we did this season. Put up one, like we said we would do for season two, episode one. When it comes back, do the first one. If we didn't like it, just say why we didn't like it. Say why we're not going to do it anymore and be done with it. But not just leave people waiting. Well, why didn't we do it. that on the first because one? Because it was not bad. We we enjoyed the first okay. four or five seasons, uh, episodes of this season. It was just the last, well, the first four were pretty okay. good. Okay, I don't disagree. You're right. The voice of reason always prevails, and somehow it's always your voice. <laughs> well, we see next season. It's going to start on August 24th. First, and that's really all they give us, except we saw the little tiny short clip of some guy, legs only, walking with what looked like a baseball bat, no kidding, toward a sleeping Nick and toward, waking toward him up. Nick sleeping, yeah, with his zombie gut mask on. Now, we saw this on Fear the Talking Dead, and they said they're not going to make any guarantees. And it sounded like they were kidding, but I'm not sure, about crossover between the two shows. Well, that's... Their only hope, I fear, for making this thing any better. What if that's the beginning of Negan? Um, well, if it is, he hasn't found any barbed wire yet because there was no barbed wire around this bat. It right. It's only bat. Right. So maybe, um, I don't know, maybe, who knows. But, you know, a baseball bat's a pretty popular... Uh, no, I know, I know, I know. But just since they said that on the show... That would make it kind of interesting. Oh, oh yeah, that'd make it really interesting. Yeah, I'd make it fantastic unless they, you know... They can butcher it. Well, we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our Fear the Walking prequel podcast. If people want to talk to you about our negativity... About how bitter um, I was over this episode. On this episode. You can, you can how do they get tweet me you? At, at Mike from TN and say, Hey, man, I liked it. Knock it off. And I'm at Michelle from TN. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so you can subscribe to us there. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. Ratings are a great way to help a podcast that you like, and we appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do a review for us. We really appreciate it. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com, where you can email us or leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. So, Mike, fear's done. Survivor's done. We're doing the Americans. We got the Americans. The yeah. Americans podcast here on Tribal Ran. It's called American Reds. It's definitely one of our favorite TV series. So check back at tribalrant.com for American Reds if you like the Americans. So So I guess we should maybe think about doing Preacher, huh? I don't know. What are you thinking? I've enjoyed it a lot more than I did the, I walking, really, the walking Dead. I really liked it. I really, really liked the first episode, and that is a very unusual thing for me to say. Yeah, it was kind of uh, sci-fi-ish meets, um, meets uh, oh, Mayberry in the Desert or something. Yeah, what, what was that show with uh, the blonde girl that was always in trouble? Justified. Justified. It's like sci-fi... Meets justified. Kind of kind is. Kind of. Because they're like country, kind of, you know? Well, rural, I guess. I guess that would be safe to say. Country, yeah. Well, yeah. They weren't southern country on justified. Yeah, we're all special kind of country down in up in her, you know, down here in Tennessee. And well, they're, they're Tennessee. from Texas. Yeah, but there's something um, about Appalachia that just, you know, just rings uh, 
redneck. Where was Justified? Uh, Kentucky. Okay, so that was Real close. closer than here. Well, I mean, closer was, than Texas. And I, yeah, I, I don't remember what part of Kentucky, but I think it was over, uh, I don't know, in the mountains. Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly Me where either. it was from. But um, but it kind of reminds you of that. And we've always liked sci-fi. So I don't know. I don't know if we'll be back and do that or not. But Mike and I are going to be on, on vacation starting next week. Um, like, like real vacation, not just podcast vacation. We'll be still doing uh, The Americans from vacation. But if we decide to do Preacher... We'll probably start it after we get back and then just catch up on it, I think. Probably. Because uh, it's real difficult to do this kind of stuff on the road. So um, if we end up doing it, it'll be a few weeks before we get it started. So, um, But we're thinking about it, and if any of you guys have watched it, I'd really love to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, me too. So do you have anything else that you want to talk about, about Episode 7, Shiva, or about the whole first half of Season 2 of Fear the Walking Dead? No. Then I will meet you back here in late August. I'll see you back in late August just for the first 10 minutes. (laughs) Maybe. You never know. Maybe. All right. Okay. Bye.